Welcome to the segment Life with Lily on the Raw Reality Podcast. In these episodes, I'll be diving into the health and fitness industry with a goal to inspire you to do and be better through motivational pep talks, tips and tricks, and of course, a side of lighthearted conversations. Let's get into it. Hello, guys, and welcome to my first ever solo episode, Life with Lily. I'm so excited to be in your ears every Thursday. If you haven't listened to Tori's first solo episode, which was last week, definitely pause this one, go listen to that one, and then come back and finish off this episode. But I'm so keen to be here. Basically, let's get straight into it. I am going to be talking about mainly health and fitness with a side of touching on my journey, everything I've learned, and also a few other things along the way whenever they pop up. But we all know that literally in relation to like my Instagram and my coaching business that my life entirely is um, revolved around the gym. It's because it's my career, it's my passion, and it's my purpose. I love it with my whole entire heart. And I'm here to bring you like my wealth of knowledge within the industry, but also break it down for you because I know how overcomplicated things can be. The industry is saturated with so much different knowledge and it can get confusing at times. So I'm here to break it down for you to the best of my ability so that you can understand a little bit more while also touching on my journey so you know where I've come from and I have learnt and developed through it all. So I haven't just popped out of the room and gone to the gym and developed all these muscles and just like snapped straight into it. I've done my time, I've learnt my lessons and here I am now to bring you what I've learnt through and grown through so you guys don't make the same mistakes or you can basically just elevate that little bit faster. But let's get straight into today's episode. It wouldn't be a true Fit With Lily first episode if it wasn't about the gym. Before I get started on today's episode, I just quickly want to touch on today's sponsor before you speak coffee. If you know, I am a huge caffeine addict, honestly, more for the taste than the actual buzz itself. Before you speak coffee provides coffee with benefits, as simple as that, infusing their sachets with superfoods, vitamins, and minerals to support health and well-being goals. My favorite is the original or the performance caramel coffee with half almond milk, half water, and ice. They also offer decaf coffee sachets, which I love to have in the afternoons, as well as whole coffee beans, which I actually have been using a lot more now because I bought a fancy coffee machine. Use my code FITWITHLILY for a small discount off your order. Now let's get back into the episode. So we are going to touch on why you are not making progress in the gym. And honestly, this episode is so simple. You would have heard it all before because it's not that complicated. People overcomplicate the gym, the health and fitness industry so much when in reality, it's so simple. So I'm going to put it to you in simple terms and we're going to break it down. And there might be a few things you haven't heard before. So I just want to touch on them as well. But basically, let's start with my health and fitness journey basically so it started when I did chilling back in oh I don't even know when I started but it was very early on I think I started in year eight and I did it all the way to year 12 I went to two world championships and two national NCA championships as well then I had year 12 off and went back for my final year in when I did um, university in 2017 chilling taught me so much about myself, so much about fitness mindset. It developed me as a person. I honestly believe it's why I am the way I am today. Like everything about it has created me 
And I can wholeheartedly say that. It just taught me so much about discipline and really pushing yourself to your limits. And I think that has really transformed into who I am today, pushing myself with my bodybuilding um, journey as well. And just knowing that like I always want more out of myself. So through that time, I dabbled in the gym. I would like literally be that girl who was in the corner hiding, doing body weight exercises, only like doing like dumbbell things. I stayed away from the scary boys. Like, believe me, did not go near them. I tried to not go at peak times. I was just scared of the gym. So I also did a little bit of running. I would run like three Ks here and there just to keep up my cardiovascular fitness. If you did cheerleading or if you even did dance or gymnastics, you know how hard going full out is. When your coach came and told you that you were doing three full outs for that day, get ready to die. Honestly, get ready to die. You know that you were going to bed exhausted, walking out of there, not being able to move. It was honestly, it bore me so much anxiety and so much of my teammates felt the same way. Um, So it was just a time, but that just um, also taught me how to push hard. And even when you're tired, keep fucking going, keep going, never give up on yourself. But so that's basically where my whole health and fitness journey started. Through my first or through my final year of chi, I also signed up to a half marathon. Funny thing is, is when I signed up to that half marathon, I woke up after my 18th birthday, severely hungover and said, what the fuck am I doing? I need something else. So signed up to my half marathon, trained for that, started running like five, 10 Ks, progressively got, um, increased my distance. Then I, I think my biggest run was 12 or 14 Ks. I don't specifically remember, but then all of a sudden I just showed up and run the, ran the half marathon under two hours, which I was so incredibly proud of myself. And it just goes to show that it's always mind over matter. After that, I moved to Adelaide in, oh, what year was it? I think it was 2019. I believe I could be very wrong. Don't quote. Yeah, 2019. I moved to Adelaide. I was just turned 20. So like literally fresh 20 year old moving to Adelaide. And it was all about my social era. I say that was like my social time, not focusing on health and fitness. I was not in my prime in that aspect, but I had the time of my life meeting new people, living out of home for the first time, navigating my way through, cooking myself dinners, going grocery shopping and all those types of things. But I was lost. I went to F45. I All my friends were there. I was having a good time, but I needed something to keep me accountable. I needed to book into my sessions and just show up and get be told what to do. I never really pushed myself in those sessions, but there was obviously time and place that I did. But overall, I just like went there to get my body moving. And again, it was a social outlet for me. Very lost in my journey, very poor relationship with food and my body as well. I was very down about my body image majority of the time. I constantly thought about it. I constantly would start new diets on Monday, um, restrictive eating, all those types of things. I couldn't have a block of like sorry I couldn't have a row of chocolate without having the whole entire block I couldn't just have a bite of a cake without having like three pieces I just I couldn't control my food willpower basically because I would either restrict or binge there was no happy medium there after that I left Adelaide moved home through lockdown and my partner had a gym at that time at home which I was very thankful for so I just like that's also actually when I started my fitness Instagram which was two years ago which is crazy um but I dabbled in a lot of like started getting more 
strength focus and especially with my help of my partner who is Geordie that is his name he helped me a lot in the gym at the time and helped me get a lot stronger focusing on new exercises I've never done done before and then once lockdown the first lockdown lifted I got a coat well I was actually in the gym and a a coach came up to me and said, have you ever thought about competing? Which I definitely had because I had a few friends in year 12 that competed before and they had done very well. I looked up to the up to them. I idolized that. And I was like, yes, but I was so scared of how to start that. It's scary. Like I just wasn't sure it was a whole new ball game for me. I was very new in the gym still, had very no muscle development, never tracked before in a healthy way, was severely under eating, focusing on cardio. I just was so new to that then. So I got that coach, then we hit lockdown. Then it came back out of lockdown and I got a new coach who I'm still with now, Beck, which was start of last year, actually started 2022 and very start of February. That's when I jumped on board with Beck. And that is when my whole entire, honestly, life changed. I developed my healthy relationship with food and my body through going through a, a growing phase. Yes, Beck guided me so incredibly much, but also, I learned so much about myself along the way. I failed. I learned new strategies, never tracked before, wasn't sure how to track. My macros were so up and down, but I finally got to a point after a while where I knew what worked for me and what didn't because what works for one doesn't work for all. So after a while, I understood it. I got the gist of it and I just focused on growing as much as possible because I knew that I wanted to compete at the end of the year and be very competitive and bring a really good package for it. So I knew that I had a goal, which definitely helped me able to go deep into that growing phase and really build up my cows, put on muscle, body size and all that types of things. And that is like when my relationship with food heals. Honestly, I wish I could tell you the things that helped that, but I can't. It just something clicked in my mind and I was focused on strength, my overarching goal and what I had to do in that very moment to succeed later on down the road. Um, so then I obviously with Beck, I've gone through a growing phase. I've gone through a maintenance comp prep deficit phase. Then I've gone through reverse dieting and then back into a growing phase now. Then I'll start prep end of this year to compete next year. So I've gone through it all. I understand what works and I understand what doesn't. I'm still so new to this industry. There is still so much I can learn and need to learn. I am a fresh baby and Beck is also mentoring me as a coach to um, prep comp girls later on, which is so exciting. I have a girl right now with me who she'll start prep either this year or next year, depending on what season she wants to do. And Beck is my mentor for that. And I am so fucking excited because that is like, what is my purpose and what is my passion? So I just wanted to basically show you guys through that journey because that is what made me who I am today. And I needed to go through that to be where I am today. So I also just wanted to you guys to know that I've been through it all. I understand. I've come from being lost in my journey to focusing too much on cardio to completely under eating. I've been through it all. So at the end of that, I just want to show you guys and help you understand why you are not making progress in the gym because I did not apply these things early enough. I wouldn't change it at all because I've learned a lot through my journey, but these specifically are the things that hindered my progress within the gym and making significant growth. Number one, you are not following a structured program. You are following random workouts you found on social media, which is not a bad thing. I'm going to get into that, 
but you're not applying progressive overload properly through not having a structured program. You're going to the gym, not targeting specific muscle groups. You're just going to get your body moving. And yes, it's okay to do that. Yes, moving your body in any way possible is healthy. But if you want to see true progress, you need to follow a structured program and apply progressive overload correctly because that is what is going to get you results. Now, in terms of applying um, a structured program, you can find those on social media and do it yourself. Be like, oh, I like that leg day. I'm going to do that leg day every Monday for six weeks. Then find someone's upper body day. I'm going to do that upper body day on Tuesday every day for six weeks. So you can still use social media as a source of inspiration if you don't have a coach. Secondly, Applying progressive overload is so important. And what I mean by that is you don't have to go up in weight every single week. That's unrealistic. You can't just keep going up by tens every single week because it's just not possible, right? So it's also focusing on applying a progressive overload with reps, sets, tempo, and decreased rest period. So what I mean by that is let's say I am squatting 50 kilos. And I've gone from just doing 20 kilo the straight barbell and I've progressively increased the weight every week and I'm stuck at 50 kilos now and I cannot physically go heavy up. What I'm going to focus on in the next few weeks, the next few months is applying more reps to my set. So instead of doing eight reps, I'm going to try and do 10 reps at that current weight. So maybe last week I did eight reps. This week I'm going to do nine reps. Next week I'm going to do 10 reps. And maybe the week after I'm going to include another set. So instead of doing three sets, I'm going to do four sets of eight reps. So you can apply progressive overload in that way as well, just slowly increasing the rep range if you can't increase your um, the weight. The other big thing is applying tempo. So instead of just smashing out my eight reps, at the bottom of every rep, I'm going to hold for two seconds. Or I'm going to go down for three seconds, hold for one second at the bottom, and then power on the way up. That is also applying progressive overload because their time, your muscles are under tension, is a lot longer which makes essentially a lot harder. Then in a few weeks, you'll notice the weight is really easy that you are lifting because you applied that tempo and now you can lift heavier. So that's number two. Number three, oh, we kind of did one, two, and three was sets, reps, um, and three was tempo. Number four is decreased rest periods. You need to time, the, if you're serious about the gym, you need to time your rest in between each set. If you are currently, let's say you're doing compound lifts, you're having a minute and a half break in between each set, maybe take that down to 60 seconds. So you're not getting as much recovery in between your sets. So it's essentially harder for you to stay at that weight. But again, that is applying progressive overload because when you do have that minute and a half rest, it's so much easier for you next time. So those are other little strategies that you can focus on applying progressive overload instead of just focusing on increasing that weight. But still do your best to every like few weeks, try and increase your weight. You will find some exercises so much easier to increase weight on than other exercises. AKA, I'm going to say squats, deadlifts, especially deadlifts, um, dumbbell RDLs, barbell RDLs, so much easier leg press to increase weight on because it is a big movement. Your legs can develop muscle quite quickly in strength. Upper body, Different story. If you were doing shoulder press or lateral raise, you were going to be stuck on that weight for a very, very, very long time, especially if you're not applying progressive overload and you just expect to lift up the weight and be able to do it, right? You need, it's okay to be at that same weight for a long period of time. Believe me, I'm stuck on 15s 
shoulder press for ages. I can do 17 and a halves, but only for like a few sets or a few reps. I can't smash it out every single time. My goal is to be able to dumbbell shoulder press 20 kilos by the end of the year. So see, that's not in a few weeks time. I'm saying by the end of the year. So it's a long arching goal. Don't expect to just be able to go up weight in like that. It's not possible. I'm focusing on being able to lift 17 and a half really easy first and then be able to do 20 kilos and get them up. So just remember that some exercises are a lot easier to progress on than others. So don't beat yourself up about that. Okay, moving on to number two is eat enough food. If you are not eating enough food, you are not going to grow muscle. You are not going to progress as much as you would like to in the gym. And why is that? I can tell you why that is. It's because your muscles don't have enough energy to be able to perform to the maximum they possibly can or the best of their capabilities within the gym. Number two, you don't actually have enough um, energy in your system to be able to go to that muscle to recover and grow. It's basically just going into your everyday like output and your metabolism is just firing through it. It's actually not utilizing for the specific need to grow muscle. Under 200 grams of carbs is not going to make you grow muscle. I'm sorry. You need to eat more than 200 grams of carbs to grow muscle. And everyone says, oh yeah, I eat so many carbs. I can easily eat over that. Okay, well, I promise you when it gets to over 300 grams of carbs, it actually starts becoming tricky trying to balance out your macros. You need to focus on simple carbs. You need to be able to have carbs in every single meal for you to actually be able to hit that goal. Gets to 400, goddamn, you're eating carbs in every single snack, every single meal. 500, good luck to you. (laughs) So basically what I'm just trying to say is you need to eat to grow and it's scary. I completely understand that. I was eating, I'm going to say... Close to 1500 calories, more so on like a few years back when I was very uneducated around food and I had the most body fat I ever did. Now I'm eating the most food I ever have and I still feel very lean. And why is that? Because my body and my metabolism has adjusted. I'm grown muscle also. So which means my my body actually needs more food for it to be able to grow and recover just normally through having more muscle. But also eating more fruit is your best friend. Your body at the very first two weeks, it's going to, your weight might fluctuate. It might go up because you're eating more glycogen, which is like carbs. So it's going to store more in your body and your digestive system will be like, oh, okay, what's this? Your body is going to store it. It's not going to use it just yet because it's like, oh, I don't know if this is like a here to stay. I don't normally get this much food. So I'm actually going to store it rather than utilize it. Whereas now after your body a few weeks, your body gets used to it. Your body starts to utilize it to grow muscle rather than storing it just in case because it goes into fight or flight mode and it's not sure what to do. But now it can actually use that energy and use that carbs to help you grow muscle. The other thing is eating enough protein, making sure that you are at least at least having two times your body weight you need to be i'm gonna say 2.4 2.5 times your body weight to actually see progression in muscle development the other slight thing we're gonna stay in the food topic is creatine you need to eat have creatine okay take that back you don't need to have creatine but if you want to supplement um have a supplement that is really going to benefit your health and fitness journey and just takes you that elevates you that little bit more is creatine having three to five grams a day roughly around the same time every day whether it's in your protein powder like whether you put it in your protein powder whether you have it in your pre-workout drink put it in your overnight oats whatever you do with that 
that's just like a very good supplement is the roast research um, supplement on the market as well to really help aid um, performance and recovery and just really um, help you grow in terms of muscle development Number three is getting a coach. And I understand that this is not feasible for everyone. It can be quite expensive. But if you are serious about your health and fitness journey and you feel like you're stuck, getting a coach is the best thing for you to just elevate you even faster, to fast track your progress, to fast track your success, because they understand your body more than you understand it. They can help you get uncomfortable and you can trust them to do so because there is no way in hell that I would have gained the amount of weight I did last year without Beck. There is no way in hell that I would have eaten as much fruit as I last year as I did without Beck. But by doing that with her, I trusted her. I put everything into her. I came out on the other side, truly successful and it worked a fucking treat. I tell you that. So you need to get a coach that understands and that you relate to. I've changed coaches. I've done that. I've gone from one coach to another and you can do the same thing. If you feel like your coach isn't suited to you, move you're not stuck there unless you are by a contract but just read on that first and then move coaches you need to be able to get along with the coach and trust them as well the other thing is being as transparent as you can with them if you're not transparent if you're not honest with them it's actually going to hinder your progress because they can't give you a specific guide in what you need to go that next level. If you say, yep, I've hit my calories perfect this week and you're in a deficit phase, but really you actually hit them three days, they're gonna be like, great, I'm gonna actually drop your food, but you haven't actually done that and that drop is actually not gonna do anything, right? So you need to be as transparent as you can with your coaches. When my clients tell me that they've had a shit week, they're off, I'm like, thank you for telling me that. Because now I know why you are sitting in the position you are in, why maybe you're... Um, you're progress has plateaued, why you are not seeing success as much as you would like to this week and all those different things. So being transparent with your coach is important. Let's get the show on the road here. Let's speed some things up. Number four, four, yeah, is training with intention and intensity. The biggest mistake I see people and even myself is not training hard enough. You actually don't know your true capabilities until you work to failure on specific exercises. And I actually had this conversation with a client not long ago and she said she really wants to work to failure, but she's scared to because she doesn't feel safe enough to and she doesn't know how to fail. You know what I said to her? I said, practice failing, practice failing. Like literally have no weight. If you're trying to do like a max barbell squat, have no weight on that barbell, put your racks up like your safety racks and pretend to fail. And then you know how, do it a few times because then you know how to squat, how to go backwards, how to go forwards, whatever suited to you and how to fail properly. Same as like another exercise or even like a barbell bench or something. Have two light weights up if they're dumbbell and just drop them. And same as shoulder press, just drop them. See how you can get them down easily. Practice failing if you are scared to fail. But the biggest thing you need to know is failure, like pushing to failure is what is going to lead to success. And you need to only push to failure on exercise exercises you feel comfortable with a thousand percent if at that site that is hamstring curls leg extension lateral raises those accessory exercises are obviously a lot safer for you to perform to failure so do so but other than that then slowly as you progress through your journey you're going to feel a lot safer 
performing to failure on compound movements. Not necessarily you have to do it every time. I like to say pick one or two exercises a day, one exercise a day that you're going to push to failure on. And then the others you could just train moderately at and feel fatigued by the like the last two reps and know that you could only get two more reps in. So not necessarily, you don't have to kill your central nervous system every single exercise, but I'm just saying making sure that you are living up to your true capabilities because sometimes I lift up a weight and I do a, like a set and I'm like, well, that was easy. Well, you know what? I could have either counted that as a set or and like just gone on like I've done two more sets as three sets. But no, I will always start my working sets when a weight feels hard. If I've done two sets, my fire up, that weight is easy. That's not doing anything. That's not going to push me in the right direction. I will get a heavier weight and start all my sets again and just use those as two warm up sets because I know that that is what is going to lead me to success. So you need to train with intensity. Learning a little good tip is rate of perceived exertion. Exertion, sorry, is an RPE is what it's called. I always like to say working at roughly an RPE of eight, seven to eight for most exercises. And then for, like you said, picking, or sorry, like I said, is picking two, picking one or two exercises, they're going to work at a rate of perceived exertion of nine to 10, which means that you can only either push half a rep out or you are working to complete failure. So making sure that you are getting the most out of your sessions, you are training with intention, Sometimes, yes, showing up is enough. That's all you can do. And that is okay. 100%. There's some workouts. I'm like, fucking hell, get me done. I'm out of here. And that's fine because consistency also leads to success. But if I'm just showing up every single day, not actually training with intention or any intensity, I'm not getting anywhere. Making sure that majority of your sessions, you are working as hard as you can and getting the most out of it. You want to leave the gym feeling good, feeling like you worked hard. And feeling like you did everything you could to get um, progress you in the right direction. Number five. And my last one is being patient. The biggest thing I see is people aren't patient. Patience. You need to be patient. I don't know how many times I'm going to say that. But it's so important because everyone's like, oh, well, I've been in a deficit phase for three weeks. I've been in a growing phase for three weeks and I see no progress. Yeah, no shit. You've only been doing it for three weeks. Success doesn't happen overnight. It happens with months and months of hard work and consistency. The thing that I like to kind of relate back to is my very first month of prep, my weight moved, I'm going to say 200 grams or like barely anything. And I dropped my calories by 500 and implemented cardio and my weight was not moving. I could have thrown in the towel and be like, oh my, like this isn't working. Nothing's working. The new protocols aren't working. I've dropped my calories. I've increased my cardio. Why aren't I seeing progress? Well, you know what? At the end of that month, when I kept showing up being consistent, everything fell into place and my body was like, okay, here we go. Now I'm gonna get the ball rolling. So I promise you, if you are showing up consistently, you will see progress. And I always say a deficit phase is so much easier than a growing phase to see progress. A deficit phase, you will probably, and hopefully if you were ticking the boxes, see progress within eight weeks. If you are in a growing phase, you may not see progress for a few months. And that's just the way it is because you are building muscle and it takes fucking so long. I understand, believe me, I'm in it right now. And sometimes I get in my own head because I'm like, why the hell aren't I progressing? And also I'm putting on body fat. So I'm actually not looking as shredded. So my muscles aren't popping as much. And I compared a photo of my glutes, um, just myself. I didn't post it anywhere. And it was me just doing like a front post. And I was like, my glutes haven't grown. I was like, what the hell? They have not grown since January. However, I've put on 
body fat. So they don't look like they're popping as much because my waist isn't as small. But in comparison, when I really studied the image, my glutes have grown so much because if I shred, they will look bigger. So just your reminder as well that things are happening under the surface and the second you want to give up is the second that the magic happens. It's the second that everything falls into place and things will progress. I promise you, if you are being consistent and doing everything you possibly can, you will get there. Perseverance over perfection. You don't need to be perfect every single day as long as you are just persevering and doing everything you can and controlling what you can. You will get there, I promise you. The other big thing I see is newbie gains is a thing. If you've never been in the gym before, you're going to see a lot of progress at the start. You're going to see your body change in ways you've never seen it before. You're going to see your strength skyrocket and then you're going to hit a plateau and it's just the way it is and you're going to see feel like nothing's happening. But... Remember that it's just like the newbie gains. Your body hasn't, it's a new style of training. So your body's never done it before. And it's like, whoa, what is this? Things start to happen fast. Then you hit a plateau. It's normal. Consistency, persevering through that time. And then you're going to hit another, uh, sorry, you're going to hit another increase and things are going to be feeling good. You're going to see changes. You're going to, your um, strength is going to skyrocket. Then you're going to plateau. You're going to hit a lull. And that is the way that your journey will happen. It happens in ebbs and flows. It's not linear. 24 7. So those are just my top tips as to why you are not progressing in the gym. That was like surface level stuff. I didn't think this episode was going to go for so long but that is surface level. Like I'm just going to say them one more time. Number one, you're not following a structured program and applying progressive overload correctly. Number two, you're not eating enough food, specifically carbs and protein. Number three, you don't have a coach to hold you accountable and to help you with your journey. Number four, you're not training with intention or with intensity. And number five, you're not being patient. It will come. Perseverance over perfection. So that was my episode for today. I hope you guys loved it. I hope you walked away with some sort of knowledge about something or something just clicked in your brain. You're like, you know what? That landed for me. And I know now what I need to do to progress in the right direction and transform my health and fitness journey. If that is applying one small tip that I have said, do so because one small thing or the one percenters adding up lead to huge results. Consistency equals results, not perfection. Don't know how many times I've said that this episode, but it's so, so true. That is all from me today. Um, I'm excited to get a little bit more deep into these episodes and actually give you tips and tricks on all these types of things in the health and fitness space. That was service level, like I said, but it was a warm-up episode and I'm ready to go deep next time. Thank you so much for listening, guys, and I can't wait to be in your ears next... Oh, not next week, next fortnight. Bye. Bye.